Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. What if I don't? Episode 5 of the Prayer and Fasting series. If I don't fast, will God still hear my prayers? The answer is yes. God's ear is near to those who love Him. Here's Jacqueline. Today, we're going to answer the question, what happens if I don't? Have you ever asked that question? Did you ask that question this week when you made the choice of not doing the challenge? There are some of us in this room that chose not to do the challenge. Congratulations. You made a choice in the freedom of Christ. Isn't that great? That's good. So the question is, what happens to my prayers if I do not fast? What happens if I choose not to pray about that matter? Great questions. So to find answers, what do we need? Nothing but the word of God. So let's pray and then we'll go into scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for our Thursdays. I thank you for Women Inseparable. I thank you for being our God. I thank you for giving us the gift of prayer. Lord, just that alone, we just want to lay that at your feet and just say thank you. We don't have to pray. And sometimes, to be honest, we don't want to pray. But Lord, united together with our hearts knit together, we do pray. We come to you. We come before you. We bow before you and say, help us. Help us, Lord, to learn how to pray. Help it to be such a matter of conversation that just the word prayer, the word fasting, disappears. And in place of prayer and in place of fasting, we think of the word communication. We think of conversation. We think of connection. We think of you. And it's not a matter of prayer and it's not a matter of fasting. It's you. It's you and me and nothing else. And I just pray that that truth, that truth alone will just sit on the heart that needs that. I know I need that. I pray that you'll be with us as we open your word. Teach us something brand new all over again from your word. I pray that you'll grow us in scripture, grow us in truth, and grow us in the topic that we're ready to discuss today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So anyone do our um, unrequired scripture reading this week in James 1? And lots of nodding, lots of hands. I love it. James 1. So guess what we're not going to do right now? <laughs> so we've been doing um, Women Inseparable for 10 months now. So that's crazy. I had fun thinking that one through in prayer this morning. It's been 10 months. That's it. And it's beautiful. It's been good. And those of us that have been um, with Jacqueline, I guess, teaching, you've heard a couple of times. So I had this planned, and then God's like, just kidding. We're going to do this. So this morning, I am praying, and I was very comfortable, very ready for this morning, like on fire, ready to go. James 1, come on. James 1, this is going to be great. And so I was kind of um, laid back in my time with God this morning, and just I was curled up on my couch, and I'm writing little notes. Um, between me and the Lord, and just having a sweet time. And then just like that, whew, Matthew chapter 6. So I opened Matthew chapter 6, and I'm reading it, and my heart was just on fire. And I'm like, oh, Matthew 6, this is good. This is good. I can't wait to study this later. And God's like, Matthew 6. 
So I was praying over a group of girlfriends and our leaders to be um, specific. And I sent a couple verses from Matthew 6 to some of our leaders. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. That was good. That was encouraging. I love that. God's like, Matthew 6. And I'm like, oh, but James 1. He's like, no, Matthew 6. <laughs> so then I got off my little corner of my couch and onto my knees at the corner of my couch. And I laid Matthew 6 open. I said, God, I need direction. I need you to be clear. He's like, how can I be more clear? So this morning, welcome to Women Inseparable. We're going to study Matthew 6 this morning. Don't you love how the Lord works? He speaks when we ask. And we hear him when we listen. It's a beautiful thing. In Matthew 6, the question is, what if I don't fast? We sent out our survey, and the question came forth in multiple wording, multiple times. What happens if I don't? Well, God's still here. What if? So the best way to get an answer is scripture. So I took that one to God. I'm like, what happens if we don't fast? And scripturally and doctrinally, let me tell you this. If you do not fast, then you don't fast. That's the Bible answer. If you are in a religion, the religion might say you need to get right with God. If you were in the Old Testament, you would be participating in the Day of Atonement. Today as a New Testament believer, as a person who has said within their heart and with their mouth, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he was buried. I believe he rose again, and he is mine. Congratulations, you do not have to fast. Do you feel pressure gone? A little bit of freedom right there for you. You do not have to fast. To go even a step further, you do not have to pray. You don't have to. So don't. What did you learn at Women Inseparable today? Not to pray. That's great. So, Pamela, as you say, our numbers have been growing each week. Next week, we're going to have like 10. And let me say this, if that was the lesson that was taught today, don't you dare come back next week. Fair? If anything is spoken anywhere from the Word of God that is not the Word of God, run away. That's just side sister advice. Isn't that fun? That's good stuff. Pray. You want to pray. Obviously, you want to pray or else you would not be here for this study. So we want to learn and we want to grow in our prayer life as we are where we are. But I want you to know you are free in Christ to choose how you pray, when you pray, why you pray. You have freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sit in that. We're going to have small group today. And my prayer is that we discuss in small group how our hour went. You do not have to share. To be honest, I probably won't share mine. You don't have to share your hour. But if you do want to, if you want to talk it out, if you want to kind of validate that with sisters, with friends in Christ, do so. Because I guarantee it will encourage somebody else. If you want to ask your questions of, I did not choose an hour, and you have something to say about that, do that. And let us all respect one another where we are and what we say. Share. But do not feel the weight or the comparison of anything today. Is that fair? Do not, please do not compare. Don't. Because we talked a couple weeks ago, what does your prayer life look like? So if we now start comparing how our hour of fasting looked like, whether we did or whether we didn't, then what did we learn and what our prayer life looked like? Absolutely nothing. Let's be people that learn. Learning is always learning. 
Those are my words. Let's see what the Lord's word says. What if I don't pray? What if I don't fast? Don't. But if you do, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to look at these two passages in Matthew 6 and take it to heart. And then when you do talk to God, maybe on your drive home, Maybe tonight when you're laying in bed, maybe during your shower time, maybe while you're making dinner, because some people can function while making dinner. (laughs) I can't. Chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, Jesus says, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Today, or truly, he says, I say to you, they've received their reward. If you don't want to fast, honey, don't. Just don't. Because that's you trying to do something that you're not comfortable with. Maybe something that God's not ready for you to do. When ultimately fasting is prayer. But if you're not ready, if there's something inside of you that's just like, I've been hurt by this word, don't do it. I don't know how many times I can say that. I don't want to be a girlfriend that's like, push, get up that mountain. I want to sit with you where you are. Don't do it. But Jesus says there are rewards in prayer. Watch for that word reward. Watch for that. He says, truly I say to you, the Pharisees in their manner of prayer receive their reward. Verse 6, he says, but when you pray, and he's talking to his followers, when you pray, go into your room. Shut the door And pray to your father. Your father is in a secret place with you and with God. Did anybody feel that this week? During your hour, for those of you who thought about your hour, who participate in your hour, for those of you who spent time purposely, intentionally with the Lord in conversation, did you feel like you entered into a secret place? This is why it was so hard last week. When I'm like, let me tell you about my fasting life. I felt like I was revealing the secret deep inside. And then I got messages this week saying, I felt like I have now a secret between me and my father. That's Matthew 6. This is what Jesus is saying. When you do, I will reward you. I will reward you with a secret place. That secret place doesn't have an identity It doesn't have a frequency. It doesn't have a requirement. That secret place is you and God wherever you and God are at any time at all times. That secret place goes with you every minute, every moment of your day. How do you get that reward? You pray. If you don't want to pray, don't pray. Jesus does not require it. But if you do want to pray, then pray and receive your reward and know that Jesus is with you. How easy is that to get that reward? Rewards are great. I love rewards. (laughs) Verse seven, he says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. May I cautiously say, be careful not to quote prayers to God. If there's a prayer that you grew up with, and when you quote that prayer that you grew up with, your heart is stirred and you're like, 
God, I feel so close to you when I say this prayer because this is how my mom taught me to pray. And I get to pray these words to you even as an adult today. And it connects your heart to God, then pray that prayer that you were taught. That's sweet. But if you're sitting and you're like, I don't know what to pray, so I'm going to look at this prayer and I'm going to quote this prayer, and your heart is so far from those words, but you're praying a prayer because they're words and the words say this is a prayer, so I'm going to pray these words, but you have no heart in it, what's happening? Anything? You're getting a reward for quoting a word, and maybe you'll feel good about yourself. Oh, I just read a prayer. And I say this cautiously because I write prayers. I post them on my website. And I have women that say, I love your words. I love praying your words because then it leads me to pray my words. So if you're reading a written prayer, then read it, but then guide it to your conversation with God. Don't just center around somebody else. Does that make sense? And to our shame, if I may say, as Christians, we take this next portion of scripture and we use it exactly how verse 7 tells us not to. <laughs> I'm not the only one. That's funny. We've seen that. How many times do we see this next portion of scripture on a frame or on a bookmark and we say it out of habit? We watch TV, we watch movies, and we hear it out of habit. And there's no conversation, there's no connection going on between that person and between God Almighty, but there's words being said in obedience to, this is how Jesus says, this is how we pray. Yes, but you miss the whole first part of it. Don't quote empty words. God's ears are open to those in who he loves. His ears are open always to you. Always are his ears open to you. He says, when you pray, do not heap up empty words. Your heart needs to be in it. We know this when we have conversations with anybody. How dreadful is it to have a conversation with somebody and their eyes are gone? Have you had that conversation with somebody? And they just, and you're like, do you hear me? Don't do that with God. He would never do that to you. Don't heap up empty words as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. There are some of us that need that verse, and that's all we need today. If that's you, will you make your little note and take verse 8 to the Lord today? There are some of us that need those words. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart, and his ears are so wide open to them. Sit with that. You say, I need, I, need, I need that hour again. Good. Guess what? Challenge. Spend time with God again this week. Another hour? I don't care. Ask God. Ask God. Do I, do I schedule 10 minutes with you? Maybe I'll schedule 10 minutes. And your heart is so full at that, schedule 10 minutes and don't not show up. God's like, can I have 30 minutes? 30 minutes with you. 6.30. Can I have those? <laughs> yeah. You want 30 minutes? Sure. Schedule it. Don't miss it. An hour. I want that hour again. And maybe your soul wants that hour again. You know what? You could do it more than once. We did it once. We could do it again. It's called baby steps. Right? And I had, I can't tell you how many of you, <laughs> was like, my alarm ended or my time ended and I didn't stop. That's sweet. We get addicted 
Like, oh, oh, that was good. That was me and God. I want more of that secret place. That's, that's pre- that gives me chills. That's precious. That's a gift. That's the reward that God has given to us. And then Jesus gives us an example, and he says these words that I highly recommend. If you're starting new or you're starting renewed in your prayer life, great place to start. Not to pull out a formula. May I please beg of you, don't pull out a prayer formula. Anybody else raised with prayer formulas? Acts or cats? Anyone? Where you have your adoration, your confession, and your thanksgiving, and your supplication. It's a prayer formula, and it's good. But can I ask that you go back to the basics of prayer and know that you're talking to God Almighty and sit right there. Instead of thinking, oh, I need to go through my adoration. Okay, adoration. Oh, God, you're so good. Check. Okay. Confession. Okay. (sighs) Skip. Okay. Formulas distract us. For some of our heads, we need the formula. If you need the formula, do the formula. Create something. That's what your prayer life looks like. That's great. Do that. But if you're relearning or wanting to start fresh what your prayer life looks like, can I ask you, erase all of that and start brand new. And say, my father. Sometimes it's hard to get past those two words. Let that be your prayer time. And you get up after your prayer time, you're like, I got nothing accomplished. Really? You sat with your father and you got nothing accomplished? I think you got everything accomplished. Where is your father? He's in heaven. He has full reign. He's in full control. My father is holding all the things. There's your prayer life that day. That's good. There's your reward. That's your secret place. You don't have to accomplish what you think you have to accomplish in prayer. Did you learn that this week? Sit down with a goal with God and you realize, oh, my goal didn't happen, but this is what God did. That's prayer. That's communication with you and God. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. These sentences are so vast. And they're just a sweet statement to lay down and be like, okay, I want to personalize that. What does that mean with me and God? I don't want to quote this prayer. I don't want to say empty words like the Gentiles do that don't have a relationship like I have. I have a relationship. He's my God. So I'm going to use Jesus' statement of give me this day my daily bread. What does that mean for me? Have you ever asked that? In your prayer time, give us this day our daily bread. What does that mean? How can you ask that specifically between you and God today? Give us this day my daily bread. What does that mean? What do you need Ask God, forgive us our debts, our sins, our iniquities, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Side note, you have to forgive. Different lesson. (laughs) Verse 13, lead us not into temptation. What a powerful prayer that we forget to pray. Pray it and deliver us from evil. I think that one's on our hearts frequently, isn't it? Is it on our hearts or is it in our prayers? Make it a prayer. It'll take away the anxiety. I promise that. You turn your prayer to deliverance from evil, spoken between your heart and God. It'll take it away. It'll clean it out because it's no longer trapped here. You're verbally now expressing it before the throne. Going back to our lesson, all prayers, all supplications. Verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Friend, that's another lesson, another time. But I didn't want to skip over because it's scripture and it's placed in between prayer and in between fasting for a reason. Perhaps those are the verses you need to take to God. I don't know. But perhaps. Forgiveness is possible. Do you need to forgive? Do you need to receive forgiveness? Do you need to forgive yourself? Will you? I don't know where to start. Jesus does. Jesus says, let me teach you how to pray. And then side note, he says, forgive. Forgive, and I will forgive you. And then you can move forward. Don't you want to move forward? Sometimes we get stuck, and one thing that gets us stuck is forgiveness. It's a gross, gross mire, and we all know that mire. One way or another, we all know it. Let prayer get you out of it. Verse 16. This one talks about fasting. This is specific about fasting. There is not a lot of scripture. There really is not. This book is huge. There's 66 books. There are not a lot of scripture passages on fasting. This is one of them, and it's spoken by Jesus to his followers. This might be something we take in mind. And again, if you can just erase what you have in your head about fasting. This is not a diet. Can I say that? (laughs) We get so exhausted of fasting because it's a diet and done, right? We've all done a couple of diets in our lifetime, haven't we? And there comes to a point, I think, in a lot of our lives that we wake up one day and we're like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done doing a Monday morning diet. I'm going to do a lifestyle change. (laughs) As if that's any different. (laughs) So we hear fasting and we hear restrictions. And we think diet. And then we were like, done. I'm out. I'll stick to prayer. Do you know prayer is just fasting as prayer going with you through the day? Think about that. You have your time of prayer, and then you step it into fasting, and it's you, instead of thinking about your prayer time, you've got that secret place with you and God, and that thought is so present, God is so present, your secret place with God is so real that that prayer time goes with you throughout the day. Do you know what you're doing? You're fasting. You're like, but I didn't commit to the hour. Did you pray? Did you find out what your prayer life looked like? And did you think about that prayer time throughout the day? And it make you smile and it bring you peace and it bring you comfort and it bring you joy and it brought goodness out of you. And you're like, whoa, I was just good just now. Shocked. Do you know what you're doing? You're taking your prayer life with you throughout the day. That's ultimately what you're doing when you're fasting all day. But I don't want to make that promise. Fasting is scary. It's religious. And in my mind, it's gross. I'm sorry. Can I say that? If religion has twisted anything in your world of communication with your God, from the depths of my soul, I'm sorry. You're not the only girlfriend in this room and women inseparable that has been hurt, scarred, open wound by religion. What I'm proud of is that you're here today, and you're like, I have been scarred by prayer. What, 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 what do I do now? And you've come, and you've come back. I am proud of you. That's huge. Just, I just want to say that. I'm proud of you. Don't quit. 
Don't quit and don't let words that are connected by religion scar you. Be healed by it. And remember, it's not fasting, it's conversation. It's my Father who is in heaven, period. Do that. Here's what it says, verse 16. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. We're going to talk next week about what, um, what if I mess up? If I'm fasting, what happens if I mess up? That's another big question. I've gotten a lot of those questions this week. What can I do when I'm fasting? What can't I do when I'm fasting? I don't know. Talk to God. I am not part of your prayer life. I didn't do that exercise with you a couple weeks ago on what your prayer life looks like. I don't know. I can tell you what doctors say on how to fast, but then that enters the world of dieting, doesn't it? I can tell you what the Pharisees did, but then Jesus just said, don't do that. So I don't want to do that. I could tell you what the Old Testament did, but didn't Jesus rise again? We're not under the law. We're in the freedom of Christ. So truly, when you ask yourself or ask God or ask a girlfriend, what do I do? What can't I do when I'm fasting? The answer biblically is, I don't know. <laughs> How's that for scripture? <laughs> Talk to God. I do know that he does say this specifically. Do not look gloomy. The Pharisees fasted twice a week. I want to say Monday and Thursday. Don't quote me on that. But it was part of their religion, the requirements, twice a week. And everybody knew. And they walked around, oh, heavy weight. I'm fasting for the king. I don't know if you're allowed to eat or not eat. That's between you and the Lord. I don't know if it's one hour or 48 hours. That's between you and the Lord. I don't know if you can work. I do know. You've got to live. But I don't, those questions that you're just trying to figure out, I don't know those answers. Only God does. Only you do. I do know this. Don't look gloomy. Because what does that say about your conversation with God Almighty? Do you see that contradiction? Oh, I'm connected with Christ. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. Let your time of prayer and your time of fasting produce a reward. What is that reward? The fruit of the Spirit evidently pouring out of you without you doing a thing about it. Well, I want a gentleness to pour out of me. Good. Pray and fast. <laughs> How do you get that out of you? We've been trying our whole Christian life to produce the fruit of the Spirit without prayer and without fasting. Do you think it'd be a little bit easier to produce the fruit of the Spirit if we pray and if we fast, and we let that fasting go with us throughout our day, and before you know it, joy is there. Self-control is there. No need for a fasting diet. How's that? Freedom. It's a good answer. Verse 16, we'll finish this. I'm going to give you a little challenge, and then we're done. We're not homework. There's a difference. Is there a difference? I was asked that. Is there a difference between your challenge and homework? Because this feels like homework. <laughs> Don't look gloomy. For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Don't do that. Truly, Jesus says, I say to you, they have received their reward. Does anybody want that reward? 
Do you want somebody to come up to you and say, oh, are you okay? So you can say, oh, I'm good. I'm just fasting with my Savior. <laughs> well, good. You just got a hallelujah from a human. Enjoy the rest of your day. You got your reward. Jesus says, don't do that. And I love that our ears hear common sense. We don't want that. Thank you for that. Verse 17, he says, but when you fast, wash your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by another, but by who? God. It's your secret place. It's your reward. It's as if you just had this little secret that only you and your God know. How sweet is that? That is a sweet reward. And look at it. It says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Psalm 18 is a precious psalm. It's a longer one. But if you start and just look through, you don't have to read the whole chapter because this isn't the challenge. This is just bonus work. But Psalm 18 talks about reward a couple of times. Find the word reward a couple of times in Psalm 18. David wrote this psalm. And it's fascinating to hear David talk about himself with such purity and such holiness and such righteousness between he and his God. We know his story. David knows his story. But what does David see? His relationship of where he and God are right now in their secret place. And he talks about his reward. Fun one. Okay, James 1. I'm going to real fast. This is your challenge this week. Because how do we grow where we are if we don't um, have a baby step? I love baby steps. James 1 has a lot of advice for us. And it's very overwhelming. Is it? Do you, have you ever been overwhelmed by James 1? Do not be angry. Be slow to use this. Is that overwhelming sometimes? And you threaten yourself. If you don't obey scripture... And we try to punish ourselves because we're trying to obey the word of God, but we're not talking to God about obeying the word of God. So here's your challenge. You talked to God last week about what your, the last few weeks, what your prayer life looks like, and then what fasting looks like. Will you take that, whether you need to start a couple weeks ago or last week, start where you are, but ask God, can I use James 1 as a prayer between me and you this week. And there are, what do we have? 27 verses. There are a couple of words of advice from James in this chapter. Will you find the verse, whether it's four through eight, maybe it's 20 to 22, maybe it's 27, and lay it before the Lord, maybe it's in between. Lay it before the Lord and say, this is what I want to ask you to do for me this week. This is the verse that you've laid on my heart when I read James 1. Will you help me do this in the spirit? And I'm going to ask you to help me to do this verse in the spirit by me starting to pray and fast about it in the spirit. Would that make obeying the word of God a little bit easier? If you first start in prayer. Isn't that where our relationship with Christ started? In prayer. Jesus, thank you. I know I'm a sinner. I know without you, I cannot get to heaven, but I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again, and I want you to be my savior. I want you to be my God. Please be my God. And you re your relationship just started. 
It started in prayer. But then we hear advice and obedience from the word of God, and we're like, oh, I need to do that. And so we try to do that, and we don't even pray about it. Backward. So there's my challenge. James 1. Open it. Literally open it. Read it out loud between you and God. Pray about it. God, give me a verse. And it might hurt. Give it to God and say, will you help me? Not help me focus on this verse, but help me to do this in the spirit and see what God can do. There's your challenge. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for Matthew 6. I thank you for the truth there. I pray that you'll take it and use it as you um, want to. There's a lot of verses. There's a lot of hearts. I pray that you will connect as needed. I thank you so much for the rewards that you've given to us. Lord, there's nothing sweeter than your reward. I pray that you'll help us to see it, help us to feel it, and help us to act on it. I do pray for us as we lay James 1 before us today. I pray that you'll stretch us. I pray that you'll grow us. Meet us where we are, Lord. I pray that we won't be nervous or scared, but that we'll trust you, for you are our God who is in heaven. We praise you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online.